702. The Political Desk. All right, I'm afraid, uh, you know, at this time we talk about the political story that you can't avoid. And uh, this has become, I suppose, the political story, really, in many ways, of uh, 2020 and the lockdown. We're joined now by Vikas Stale from Ian Levitt Attorneys. He's, of course, uh, the family lawyer representing Collins Cossa's family uh, in the wake of that internal SANDF report exonerating the soldiers implicated in his death. Uh, Vikas, uh, we were due to speak to you yesterday, but I'm glad you can join us this morning. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Thanks for having all right, um, so we're talking to you because, of course, you can also talk uh, on the Enoch Mpianzi case since it's your uh, law firm that's dealing with that matter as well. We'll come back to that in a moment. But in a nutshell, the SANDF, the SANDF's handling of the Collins-Cossa matter, uh, what's your review of it? What's your reaction? Bongani, the, the SNES handling of this entire matter is, is a, a sham and, and it's laughable. If, if one looks at the report filed a week or two ago, um, they only interrogated or investigated their own members. They did not um, interview any of the family members or ask them any questions. And they came to their own conclusion based on their own members that the soldiers were provoked because of gender inequality and basically they did nothing wrong. Collins Corsa died of some other incident that led to his blunt force head trauma. Let's just go back because the fact that we even got to this process, this was something that was forced upon the defense force, was it not? Correct, yes. Um, initially, when, when uh, Collins Cosa was, was attacked, uh, his family members went to uh, open a complaint at the local police station and they refused to do anything. Um, and it was only after many, many struggles that they eventually got to, to someone that was willing to investigate the, the, the killing. But the military only got involved because of the court action, which is uh, unacceptable in, in a time like this where the military is supposed to protect us all uh, during the enforcement of the lockdown and not to attack and kill us. So not only was the family on their own once they tried to report the matter, uh, now that the High Court ordered this uh, process, uh, it has come to what you are calling a sham conclusion. Uh, this was... A document that uh, started circulating in the public domain, what, a good two weeks ago, the minister uh, at the time said to the media she didn't think uh, there was such a report, she didn't want to talk about it. Uh, She told MPs last week the report didn't exist. Uh, And now, of course, the latest is that, in fact, this is the final um, uh, decision of the SANDF as far as the conduct of these soldiers is concerned. What do you make of this flip-flopping? That's uh, the, the most upsetting part about this. In, in the High Court application, uh, in the minister's affidavit, she said there will, there's an investigation ongoing and they will file a final report. When that report came out, then she started flip-flopping, denying that the report exists, then denying that it's a final report, and saying to Parliament that there is no report. So the minister must now decide where she lied. Did she lie under oath in court or did she lie to Parliament? Uh, but she lied somewhere. That, that's a fact. And we, we will take that further, either, either to the Parliamentary Portfolio Committee or um, as, as a criminal complaint to the police. Is there any justification in saying that uh, she may have uh, uh, misspoken? Because, of course, we know that the military ombud is still going to investigate this matter. And what's the difference between that investigation and this internal board of inquiry process? Well, the the on that investigation, um, work similarly to, to, to IPED, and they, they investigate any allegations against members of the Defence Force. The internal investigation was like a disciplinary process to decide if, uh, to see if any of the members um, did misconduct themselves. But uh, in essence, the reports are 
on the, the same basis, but completely different. But for the municipality, she cannot be saying that uh, she was misunderstood or she misunderstood. I'm very surprised that she didn't say her comments were taken out of context. But, but she knew exactly what was going on in her own department with her own affidavits that she signed. I mean, we invited her to this program and she won't talk because she now says, uh, as she has in fact said a couple of times, this matter is sub judicate. There's absolutely nothing subjudicated. There's an application for leave to appeal by police, but the, the military's part in this whole saga um, is not subjudicated. The, the, they must file reports and do investigations, but, but it's not before the courts, um, and that's also dishonest for the minister to say that. What does it say to you about the the lack of care because that's what it seems like it and i'm being and i'm being kind here uh, the lack of care some would say outright callousness uh, in treating uh, people families uh, whose whose members have been victims of uh, law enforcement agents in this country and this of course has a long history even in democratic south africa uh, there are so many names we could list um, of people who have died at the hands of law enforcement but particularly, what does it say to you that a democratically elected government and its representatives resp- respond in this manner? The government is ignoring its own people and it's ignoring the killing of its own people. I've said it many times before. If, if Collins Causa was killed in one of my suburbs or uh, in one of the more affluent suburbs, there was been hell on the streets. But because he was a poor man in a poor community, it's as if uh, his own government just ignored him and, and tried to brush it under the carpet. Uh, even though there have been 11 or or 11 other people that have been killed during this lockdown. And there's no outrage. So the president only came in end of last week to, to condemn Collins' killing. And I believe that's only because of the, the events in America. It's not because of his own concern for his own people. And I'll ask you very quickly on uh, the Enoch Mpianzi matter. Where are we on that? Uh, have discussions uh, begun with uh, the Gauteng government, the state, as far as that matter is concerned? Have they indicated to you at all what they will do? No indication from, from the NEC or the other government. Uh, I heard yesterday of reports that uh, the NEC said he does not want to oppose any action and he wants to settle the matter. But I've had no form of communication, so I've only met with the NEC once, and after that, it effectively disappeared. So we are proceeding with our summons against the, the various departments um, and the school and the, and the camp to make sure that the, the family receives what is due to them because their son died at the hands of government and the camp and the school. Uh, and of course, it's yet another case uh, where, uh, you know, it's taking the actions of, uh, you know, legal representatives such as yourselves um, to get involved in these matters. Uh, the, the, the mechanisms that are in place to deal with what should happen when things go wrong, clearly not sufficient. Clearly, either those mechanisms don't exist or they are completely ignored. Um, if it wasn't for, for media attention and for uh, my firm's intervention, then there would have been nothing done about uh, Enoch's death. He, he was not the first person that had died at the camp, and he's not definitely not the first person that has been uh, abused or, or killed at the, at the school. Uh, being a prestigious school, we all saw the program on Sunday about all of the, the past incidents. So it's as if the school does not either report it or the government does nothing about the report. So same with the, with the camp. Everyone knew about the other deaths, but they still continue to use the camp. The NEC authorized the use of that camp. Now that's unacceptable. And the, and the headmaster's back at school, isn't he? Back at school. Um, his suspension was during lockdown, so it literally had no effect on him. And he's now teaching again. When he was the one that authorized the camp, he had the, the attendance register with him. He sent his personnel there, and he's now back at work. That can't be. You almost wonder, what was the point of the suspension? What, to just give him uh, some paid leave? 
I believe the suspension was just to, to keep the public happy, to say that they did something about it. He was on suspension. Let's investigate and I was back at school. So that suspension has absolutely no meaning. Vicar Stale, thank you very much for your time this morning. A lawyer representing right. Collins Cosa's family and uh, the Enoch Mbianzi family as far as those two matters is concerned, uh, giving you really uh, the, the responses to both these cases, which have received uh, enormous attention, enormous interest, both from the media and, of course, the general public. And even after all of that spotlight, this is still the reaction you get.